bro, I don't care if I listen to it one time, 10 times, 300 times. Kendrick said himself, he is not your savior. So why y'all be giving him the God? Yes. Why y'all giving the God? Doc? I don't get it. If they don't like it, they don't like it. It don't have to be good because you like it. Yo, it's good, your boy, South 706, a.k.a. Big Stepper Breezy. This is KTSCF Live, episode 106. We have our illustrious host, Marcus Sniffles, and the lovely Rev Run. We're still y'all. About to watch the Heat take a 2-1 series lead in the Eastern Conference Finals on their way to a uh, finals matchup with the uh, Warriors. And I'll smack every one of you niggas, so. Allegedly. Allegedly. Thank you for guys for checking us out on Spreaker, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you your podcast. Make sure you hit that download button. Our numbers definitely went up, so we appreciate you guys supporting us, but let's not stop there. Let's get us uh, as many downloads as possible. We'll definitely give back to the people um, after we uh, buy yachts and boats and cocaine. But anywho, uh, we had a very interesting week on, on Twitter, or in the world in general. Uh, last week, we listened to episode 105, or I don't even know how this came about. Uh, essentially, there's some gentlemen from the Joe Budden podcast that uh, tried Arby's for the first time, which set off a movement on social medias. And I feel like Arby's like percentages have gone up at least 10% of all the black people that are randomly trying it. And one of those fine black people was our very own Rev, who decided she would try Arby's for the first time and she live tweeted it. And I would like to get her kind of kind of her takes like, again, hopefully she repented after she had the Arby's, made sure she threw up in the, in the, in the trash can or the toilet or whatever she needs to do to purge her body of that filth. But, yeah, we'd like to hear how your how your thoughts on the the meats was. Um, so I think that sandwich is honestly still in my mom's refrigerator. I should call her to throw it out because um, I didn't finish it. So I went to first of all. I think it should be noted that I had to go 15 minutes out of my way for an Arby's because I live in a good black suburb um, where military families and, you know, moms and dads and students live and don't nobody eat Arby's out here. So I had to go 15 minutes out of my way to an Arby's. I pulled up six white men got out of one car. I don't know how they did that, but they all went to Arby's. I already knew I was in the right wrong place. So I got uh, like a turkey bacon ranch like sandwiches. I'm like, that should be the easiest thing to make. And I got the curly fries and one of the, I think a strawberry mango like quencher. The sandwich. Hated it. It tasted like. Wait, wait. Oh, what? The strawberry what? quencher? It's, it's like, it's like the devil in a plastic cup. The sandwich <laughs> was very ranchy. Like I'm. I don't, it, it wasn't a bad sandwich. I'm just, uh, I, it was, it was full of like condiments, <laughs> um, and not really a lot of meat. Um, and then the curly fries, I said it, they're like not good. They're not bad, but they're not like the best fries I ever had. So I wouldn't go be like, damn, I need to go get some Arby's curly fries. Um, and then the quencher, I took a sip and I was like, oh, this is really tasty. And then the back of my throat started burning because the sugar was eating its way through my stomach. <laughs> that is insane. That's absolutely insane. So I took a second sip to be like, hold on, wait a minute. Maybe it's the pollen, not the pollen. It's the drink. So I let the ice melt because I was like, I'm getting old. Like, you know, I'm, I'm about 30. Sugar don't hit like it used to when I was a kid. So <laughs> I let the ice melt. 
still awful. It tasted even worse. Um, so I poured that out. I took like three sips and poured that out. All in all, do I think Bar- Arby's is nasty? No. I think it's mid. And let me tell you why that's worse than nasty. Because nothing is worse than like not being anything. You either are very bad or you're like very good in terms of food. When food is like just nothing, it's the worst. <laughs> and this was nothing. Like I would eat Arby's if I had nothing else to eat. And I mean, absolutely. If Arby's was the only food in a 30 mile radius, I would go to Arby's. But I'm not about to pay. I think that food was like $9. I'm not about to pay $9 for me. Like this isn't 2012 no more. We smoking way better than that. Niggas is smoking Za or I don't know what you niggas is doing no more. I don't smoke. But that. Cookie. <laughs> I don't want no Reggie. I'm not paying $10 for Reggie. <laughs> so after the heat beat the Celtics, you're not going to eat it again? I, I will I will knock you out. Like, why would you say that to me? No, I wouldn't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd much rather eat a pair of Wrangler jeans. Jesus. <laughs> eat Arby's again. And then meat mountain, that's like roast beef, <laughs> all kinds of pig, and then chicken on the bottom for some reason. Nigga, send me to jail. I'm not eating Arby's. <laughs> Yo, like, you know how you see those, like, stupid videos or pictures all the time on, like, social media of, like, the freshest McDonald's I've ever seen will be, like, three Big Macs, 30 nuggets, like, five extra large fries that I don't think they make anymore. And they're like, oh, which one of your friends and you guys can eat this in 20 minutes? Like, I've never seen that for Arby's. Like maybe we should eating that for 20 minutes. I took two bites of the sandwich, <laughs> ate the fries, drank two sips of the drink, and said I'll never return. You need you to know what? me about mozzarella sticks. Do you think I'm about to sit in that line again to eat mozzarella sticks? Oh what? my god. Who do you think I am? Mozzarella sticks at a fast food place? That's that's a dangerous game. I'm not gonna lie. Scary <laughs> like that. You need to just talk about eating fast food mozzarella sticks. Just oh say you want to fight if that's the case. <laughs> like I low-key wish that. I knew some youths out there that needed some monies because I would be doing like bum fight level activities, try to get the money. Like, yo, check this out. If you eat two meat mountains in under 10 minutes with no water, I give you 25 minutes. <laughs> like the nasty patty episode. Of nobody be eating it. Yo. Yeah. That might be a crime. Like, I don't know. I, what's worse like the whole eat like Popeye's biscuits with no water eat like one meat mountain you can come up on a good Popeye's biscuit especially if you can heat the Popeye's like you can come up on one you never gonna have good Arby's I have a lot of questions like where where did Arby's originate from like who decided like yo we can get a bunch of kangaroo meat and stack it high with some cheese prison I was going to say slavery, but... Shout out to Young young Thug, YSL, Free the Homies, but um, yeah, it's uh, pretty nasty work, but uh, actually, while we're at it, let's get a... Did you get a chance to listen to uh, Miss Mariah the Big Steppers? I think I'm like uh, most of the way through it. I'm on Savior. I don't know how many songs are after Savior. A couple... Well, actually, you know what? Yeah, I'm done because I listened to all of these. So, yeah, I finished it. Okay, let's get your your quick reactions. Um, I don't mind it. I, I I'll say the second listen was better than the first. The first listen, I didn't connect with it at all. Um, 
the second listen, I enjoyed it a lot more. Like I probably went from like a four out of 10 to probably like a seven or eight out of 10. Um, I mean, I still don't necessarily like connect with it just cause I don't think that I'm there in my life. Uh, but it seemed like Kendrick Lamar was like, you know, extending any therapy work or any like, you know, healing work he had been doing in his time away or, and kind of extended it into an album. So I enjoyed it. I can't say that I have a favorite song yet. Um, I think I enjoyed Father Time the most out of all of them with Sanfa. Um, I don't know. I I think if I had to choose something that I connected with, I did connect with Father Time. He just seemed to kind of state a bunch of issues and kind of leave people to think on their own. Whether it be just like their relationship with fatherhood or their just relationship with masculinity. So I say I enjoy Father Time on the second list and out of all of the songs. Um, but yeah, I enjoy it. Um, I hope I was saying in the group chat earlier, I hope We Cry Together gets a, um, what do you call it? I hope it gets a music video. And I hope Taylor Page is in the mu- music video. I just enjoy Taylor Page though. Um, and so, yeah, if after N95's video, which like, I don't know, maybe I'm not an art nigga, so I don't quite, I need to watch it again to get the hype. But uh, I think you got to watch some of his previous videos to kind of get that one. Yeah, I mean, Maybe. It's, kind of Maybe. It's, it's, in the, it's in the same vein and style of some yeah. of this, especially the stuff he did off of uh off a of damn like the yeah. are kind of the same i would say but um, yeah i hope he does an, a, a video for we cry together i think it'd be dope um just to see how that gets visualized and i like purple hearts too but you know i'm summer walker is absolutely out of her mind but she is great at her job so just just keep it in the studio that's all that's yeah. with her. like hey Whatever you're doing with that baby or whatever you're doing with your man or whoever you're with at that point, I don't need to know about all that stuff. Like I can, I'm good without that yeah, stuff. That's but, uh, <laughs> for, for me, I think uh, I said last week that uh, Father Time was my favorite song of the album. I, I don't want to come off as that because everybody already thinks I hate this album, right? My issue is with a song like Father Time where he's rapping about these things that, uh, is super relatable to for especially for someone like me who's in there in the mid-30s who's uh done the therapy who's had who has kids who has boys and it's like he's touching on these things that men kind of go through and that you have to kind of uh you have to learn these things as you get older you know and and for me this song if i was if i heard this song at 17 this song has not hit me the same way if i heard the song probably like in my 20s, I probably still wouldn't like it as much. As someone in their mid-30s, it does lyrically sound better, but I feel like the production on that song could have could have got got a little bit more. Like I didn't like how the drums were on that on that song. Honestly, it, it sounded like kind of garage bandy or whatever. I just if it, if the production was a little bit more contemporary, I guess, I think I would have uh, enjoyed that song even more even though i love that song even though i think that's my favorite song on the the album i just there was a couple times where i'm just like man the beat the beats just weren't there like i just needed better production not not better i want to say better because there weren't really like any bad beats i just wanted the beats to be just a little because like even with to pimp a butterfly like he was doing a lot but i could still listen to it and be like okay i see what's going on here with this album some of the production was just kind of it felt a little all over the place for me sometimes so you wanted Nikki on We Cry, Cry Together? I did not say that. I don't know why he keeps saying that. 
I was saying when this first, when this song, when we first talked about it last week, I was like, there should, there is, there is a place for a woman that raps to be on this song. And he, auto, Lowski automatically went to Nicki Minaj. And that's not what I was saying. I did not want that. I, I preferred to either have a, a West Coast rapper or a Southern rapper. That's why I went with uh, Flo Millie and uh, Sweet. I, I just think, I think you're, you're, you're putting, you're putting a lot of, of the creative burden on one person, you know? And then, and he he's not doing the J. Cole thing where he writes and produces every single uh, song on the album. Like, he obviously has other producers. He's obviously uh, has other features. But with a song like that, when you're writing from two perspectives and you're, as a man, writing from the perspective of a woman, we can't act like that's something that any guy can do. That takes a lot of work. There's not a lot of rappers who honestly are good at it there's only one that i can think of that's kind of great at it and that's wale and i'm not saying kendrick's bad at it but he's that's not his strong suit rapping from uh the woman's perspective relationship wise now he's done it before in like uh sing about me uh keisha's song like he's he's done this whole okay i'm gonna rap from a, a different perspective but I think relationship wise, when we're talking about like the dynamics and how things go back and forth, I think if you get another woman artist in there that can kind of bounce something, especially a rapper that you can bounce something or even a singer, you can bounce some ideas off of them, see what you can come up with together instead of trying to do everything by yourself. I think you might have been able to find a different uh, creative uh, bubble that you could, you know, tap into. Uh, so I don't mind Taylor Page being on that just because I don't really, I didn't see We Cry Together as a song. Yeah. Uh, it felt more like, uh, like a script or like, you know, just the audio version of a stage player, like a scene in a movie. So I didn't mind Taylor Page being on it. Um, I don't know how much of a woman's input he got in terms of the like lyrical content of, well, quote unquote lyrical content. Oh, we cry together, but I can see the desire for like a woman to be involved in the making of it. Um, but I don't necessarily feel like I needed to hear a rapper's voice on We Cry Together, unless it was a song that like had a very clear cut structure. So a verse, a chorus, a verse, a bridge, whatever, whatever. Um, if it would have had that and still had Taylor Page and like he would have been, you know, having her rap on the song, I probably would have felt different about it. But since it, it didn't feel like a song and more of just like poetry or whatever, I, I didn't mind her being part of it. It's going to be very weird if this is not, if there are no visuals for that, uh, I might just call it a piece of art because it's not really a song. That would be very weird and kind of like, it would kind of be like dropping the ball because it's like, why wouldn't you make that into a, a visual part of your a visual aspect of your album when you have an you have an actress here Kendrick has done acting in the past a little bit and it's like he can he can do he has the emotional uh range to kind of do this he did I mean he's done it in the studio so you can do it in person like I don't see why why they wouldn't do that. and I, I feel like they do have that I don't feel like this is with Kendrick like there's certain artists like Kendrick and and Beyonce comes to mind where it's like when their album is done it's like the album's done, the singles picked out, the videos are already shot, like everything is ready. He, he's she's probably just waiting for a particular date to be like, okay, this is when this is coming out. We're gonna put it out 
at you know the end of the summer or or whatever like i feel like whatever ideas they have for the rest of this album as far as like visuals and singles i think all that stuff is already done and they're just waiting to just be like all right we're, we're just press the button hit send like he's not even in the country last i saw he's in freaking ghana or something like that playing soccer kendrick does not look if you saw kendrick walking down the street he looks so unassuming which is wild to me he's like the one of the biggest rap artists of all time one of the current biggest stars right now and he doesn't I don't want to say he carries himself like in a in a small way, like he's small, but he is he is a small guy, but he doesn't have like that that star aura that comes with him. And I feel bad because I'm like, I'm agreeing with Charlamagne the guy because he said the same thing about him like years ago. And even now, it seems like he's still kind of got that where he can just walk into anywhere and it's like, oh yeah, that's Kendrick right now. Well, I, I think he does that on purpose. Like I just I think a lot of guys, and when I say guys, I mean I should say people. A lot of artists um, now, at least, don't really want that level of like can't step out my house. Like a lot of them seem like they want to be able to like you know hit up a Laker game or be in Whole Foods or you know pump gas like a, a regular non notable person. Um, so I don't. Know, he seems to do a good job. Well, I think a lot of it is because you don't see Kendrick a lot anyway. Like, but also because he just doesn't. He doesn't seem to want to put off that type of aura and the more <clears throat> I listen to celebrities like talk in their interviews or like you know tweet it, it seems like there's a shift away from the like version of celebrity that we've been seeing in the like 2010s to current or even a little bit earlier than the 2010s where like celebrities were also socialites <clears throat> which kind of got ushered in by like Paris Hilton and, and the Kardashians and things like that not to like drop all of that on their lap but it seems like a lot of celebrities are wanting to move away from that level of visibility to more of like the celebrity of old where like they dropped their music, they did their 10 interviews or they did their press run and then you didn't see them nowhere. Uh, you didn't have access to their thoughts every two or three days. So I appreciate that about Kendrick, but I appreciate that about a lot of my favorite artists. So, so I, I think what Marks was saying about the content, uh, probably being more content coming out for uh, Mr. Ron, the big steppers. I think that's true. Cause I, I sent that tweet in our group chat that showed that he was filming the video for N95, like two years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's insane that the amount of planning that's gone into this. So I, I do think I, I agree with Rev as well, but I don't look at, um, <clears throat> we cry together as a song. I just look at it as like a three minute skit or whatever. So like, cause it, it's getting roasted on Twitter. Talking about let's not go past the car test. Like, I mean, if you live in foul and you blast and we cry together, like you, you got you're going through some things, but um, I don't and think it's like, what it was intended for. You know what I'm saying? Does every song need to pass the car test? Like, can some stuff just exist? Well, not not in Twitter, not in the not in the realm of social media. Everything's got to be a banger. It's got to be a hit. It's got to be a wave. Can you play? Can, yeah, you, play, can you play it when women come over? Because I tell you what, I put Griselda on. <laughs> she doesn't want to put you in the car. Nobody wants to hear that. All this Nobody wants to hear that. Let me tell you that. And they're great rappers, but nobody wants to hear that. Sorry, it doesn't make them bad. If you were going to go to the strip club and listen to Conway the Machine, no, they're going to get off yeah. the stage and quit. Well, they might start shooting at you. But um, you can only yeah. do that if you like YG. YG got his fair song served. Like he got his BPTs, but he also got tooted and booted. So like, 
that nigga really well, that was that was before he got back to his his roots of being a gang banging dad. Like Man, that was when he was trying to be the biggest song of my middle school career. What are you talking about? That nigga made that song is terrible. Movie. I love Tootie the movie. Like that, those aren't even the same. I feel like that if there's like a um, if there is a shit, I forgot. If there's a Gucci Man clone. There's a YG clone. No. That's not the same person. Shout that, out that to YG. Movie. He made Tootie and Booty. He got this song called Left Right. Um, on my crazy, yes, album. yeah, that's a song called uh, it's on the same album. It's called uh, oh dang, I just want to party. Um, I just, I just want to party is a good song, but it's it, like his YG got the best girl songs ever, so you know, but I'm biased. What? I listened to my crazy life for two weeks straight in, in college, so I listened to it for like a month straight. That was my album of 2014, that and uh, Pharrell's album, Girl, those are my two. Oh, the song is "Do It To You." Shout out to uh, "Do It To You" and T uh, YG and T Fly. That is one of my favorite songs. It feels like summer, but that's way off topic. So since we've ended up in Compton, real quick, I was going through uh, YG. I was I was making like a workout playlist. I ended up on YG, but uh, "Stay Dangerous" low key is an extremely underrated and I believe under talked about album. Like he has a song run of four to nine tracks that are all fire right you got suwoo can't get in canada too cocky big bank power and slay back to back to back to back to back and i don't think there's too many albums that have that long of a run of great songs like put some respect on the big blood the super crit or i'm sorry the super blood uh no disrespect to yg i don't want any problems yeah Niggas like to play YG, like YG don't make good music. Like Damn. Yeah. They that's I don't understand. Like he he wears the weird hard bottom shoes and dresses kind of funny, but like that's that's his get down. Like I'm not gonna knock this hustle. The like the first nine tracks, ten tracks of my crazy life, like who was really going ten tracks straight of just heat, like yes. no skips, nobody. A lot of niggas is not doing that. So give YG his flowers while he can still my, my crazy life needs to be put in the same conversation as Good Kid, Mad City. It's just from a different perspective. It's the same story. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably do a deep dive on that album one day. Yeah, but every staying... every, every oh, real quick. Every time I tweet about YG, niggas is like. No, this he's watched. No one like no one listens to YG. I'm like, bro, y'all ain't listen to this album, man. Like, I there's a few albums that he came out like recently. I think uh, I don't want to go through all that, but there was one of them that was a little, a, right a little iffy. But like, we're not gonna talk about. We're not gonna act like my crazy life wasn't damn near classic. Nah, like that's but, that's what we're not gonna do. Like, that's he, has a comp- he has a compilation album called uh, 400 Percent Gang Affiliated. It's not bad. Shout to Daisu Lon. She needs to put out more music. She puts some fire tracks. Uh, Mozzie, he puts out good music. Like, I, anything YG puts out, I, I don't have a problem with. He's got community service, him and Mozzie. Not a bad uh, little album. I got a couple of them songs on my playlist from last year. But, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I was thinking about it earlier because uh, Kendrick Lamar dropped some merch for Miss Around the Big Steppers. And as a Big Stepper myself, I supported it. I bought some merch. And I was thinking about, like, damn, like, 99% of the merch I purchased is from West Coast artists, right? I've bought merch for Tyler the Creator, Kendrick Lamar, and I was going to get some from YG, 
but the way that it was designed, I didn't feel safe purchasing it. It looked a little too <laughs> it looked a little too authentic. I was like, you know what? Can't be out here these streets like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? My favorite color is red, but not not like that. I was trying to get, you know, ran up on it extra my grandma's stay. <laughs> like, look, dog, I'm from Augusta. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not from nowhere. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm not from nowhere important. <laughs> Like, She's from uh, wherever you wanted to be, wherever yeah, you want exactly. To be. Here's my wallet, here's my phone. Just let me go about my business. But and, and I've said this on the uh, the podcast before like, the pandemic robbed YG of like hundreds of thousands of dollars with uh, fuck Donald Trump because he could have toured nationwide and just performed that one song and got paid. You could have played it like five times in a row and be good to go. So, uh, but yeah, shout out to YG, but staying in company, going back to Kendrick Lamar. Uh, there's been a lot of funny business going online, and the more I look at Twitter, I've seen the jokes, but I, I think it's starting to be real. Like I think Twitter was put in the in the black community like cocaine <laughs> days to like destroy us, because there there be a lot of agendas just popping up on Twitter, and people just keep pushing them. Like where do these come from? Like what is the origin of viral tweet? Who cho- who chooses what becomes viral? You know what I'm saying? Like I see all kinds of nonsense on my timeline all day. I'm like, how did this get here? I've tried my best to block all the deck accounts, all the big accounts, all the stupid accounts, because like Twitter literally gives all its attention to like the wildest people on earth. And I'm like, how do we get here? So the the discourse is going on this week is about album sales. And we talked about this before. I don't know when the game became this, but essentially judging artists by their first week sales and literally nothing else. Nobody cares about the life of the project or anything like that. So according to chart data on Twitter, Mr. Morale, the Big Steppers debuts at number one. Nobody's talking about that on the U.S. charts with the biggest sales week of the year, earning 280K units and over 300 million streams. And all that I see, all that I see under that tweet is a bunch of like 12 year olds and Drake stands and J. Cole stands talking about, uh, hmm, the first comment I see is, hmm, this album collapsed way faster than I expected. These long comebacks are really harming these artists' careers. Album's been out a week. It just opened number one <laughs> with three, 300. Well, let me keep going. Let me keep going. <laughs> Kendrick sold less than J. Cole. That's sad. This, let's see what else. Uh, da, 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 da. Sales predictions for this album are way off. LMFAL, Donda outsold. That's Drake's second week numbers. Um, blah, 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 blah. Kendrick really outsold Kendrick. What the fuck? Cole sold 288 with 12 songs. Cole sold 282K. Cole sold all, outsold with less songs. Cole outsold with torture. It's the same message. Like, I don't know if these are real people. Are they bots? Are they like all in the same group chat and decide to flood these messages and these comments they with white. the same comment? Yes, yes, they are. That's what it is. They white. Well, and and I was like, you know, when I was reading up some stuff about the first week sales from another site, I went to hotnewhiphop.com. I read it, whatever. <clears throat> same information, yada 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 yada. The first comment, top comment from Undercover Brother. Damn, thirty-five k per sales, bro. Where's his fan base? Would have sold more if the album title wasn't so stupid. Uh, white people turned the album off midway after Kendrick called him a cracker. <laughs> Probably. That's fair, though. That's fair. I can see that. Probably. Somebody, 
somebody says smoke quote unquote smoking on top five outsold j cole with 12 tracks uh no matter which way you stand spin it it's a flop failed to meet his projections while young guys were saying he would sell 500k plus maybe i'll sell drake lol um da, da, da. to be honest it's a huge decrease from damn but we move um <clears throat> 286 is a flop and future shit must be a flop. You show 220. And, and what I want to, what I want to point out is like a majority of these comments are not talking about the music at all. <laughs> we're, we're first of all, Americans don't like math. People don't like math in general. You guys are arguing over numbers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> like what is wrong with you people? Like listen to the music or don't listen to it. But why are you spending your time arguing about music numbers and first week sales numbers? Like go touch grass, go move around. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, just about to say that, like, I just feel like niggas on the internet don't got no life. Cause, like, why does that matter? Like, like, I just don't. One, I think they all 17 years old. So that's one thing. I think every one of them is like a 17 year old white boy in their mama's basement or like in their room with Tupac posters on the wall and like biggie posters on the wall and they just troll on the internet all day blah 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 drake sold more cole outsold with like are you gonna listen to the music or not because if you're not then what you talking about like i just i never understood the whole how many units did this album sell and maybe that's because i'm typically fans of artists who don't like they're not selling crazy numbers maybe that's it but i just I never understood the conversation. I don't understand why people put an artist's value, people that are not the record label, why they put an artist's value in the amount of units sold. Like, you don't make none of that money. It, why does it matter if he sold 280,000 units? Like, you know how hard it is to get 280,000 people to like anything you do? I don't I don't get it. And I, just to kind of piggyback off of what Reese was saying, like the a lot of the discourse on this album that I see on Twitter, it's, they're not talking about the music. They're not talking about the songs. They're not talking about the production, the lyricism, the writing. They're talking about, you know, obviously they're talking about album sales and uh, the number one album in the country being a flop and, you know, selling over 200,000, whatever in a week is a flop. But uh, they're talking about, uh, well, you know, we waited five years for this. That's, that's a lot of the things I'm seeing. I'm not really seeing a lot of, oh, Kendrick has lost his, 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 quickness or his sharpness when it comes to writing or he lost his ability to rap it's never anything negative about what he's saying or what he's producing it's all this outside stuff that really grand scheme of things won't matter in two weeks yeah and, and that turned to another discussion I, I should have framed the tweet better uh because i i kind of forgot uh some things but it, i essentially went with like the quote-unquote top three guys so I tweeted out earlier today from the KTSEF podcast page. I can go follow us on there. I tweeted out, rank these albums, J. Cole's The Offseason, Drake Certified Loverboy, and Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morales, Big Steppers. And outside of, like, the fatherless behavior Twitter guy who's, like, a J. Cole super fan, everybody agreed that Mr. Morale was the, the better album out of the three. I should have put Donda in there as well, but... I, I just saw the discourse around those three guys. So <clears throat> to me, it goes back to the whole McDonald's argument, right? Like McDonald's is going to outsell like literally every restaurant you can think of. 
And by using that logic that the say that the people on Twitter are using is that McDonald's therefore is better than all these other restaurants. And for anybody that's eating McDonald's and then has become an adult and maybe got a job, saved a little money and got like some real food, you understand that those are two completely different things. And that's how I feel. I feel like these are a bunch of little kids. They don't really understand how, how good music is or what good music is. And the only way to validate that, quote unquote, their, their artist is, quote unquote, better is by looking at numbers that may or may not be fabricated by streaming services that we may or may not know are real at all. So, Well, that's the problem. Like, our stream, like, it's hard to determine, like, what's real. Oh, my gosh. We're, it's hard to determine what's real and what's not and what's manufactured when the streaming, especially in this day and age with how music is. We're just like. Before you had to actually go out there and physically buy stuff. That was the only way you could support an artist. Now it's like you can stream anything. You can just you have three phones. You just put it on repeat all day. The labels can do this. You're like I don't know. I don't know what these numbers mean. Sometimes when I see them, when I see like oh well, Cardi B's the third female rapper to have a billion streams or this. I'm like what? What does that mean? I don't know. Like I'm old. Sorry. I think it means that people just don't know how to have their own opinions about things. Like, so they use numbers to validate or like invalidate their opinions. So like, because an album sold 282 units in the first week, oh, it must be a good album. But you don't really feel like that. And if you don't feel like that, that's fine. And you can say that if you feel that. But like, I just, I think people use numbers to like validate an opinion or invalidate another's opinion instead of just feeling how they feel about the music and keeping it moving or just like niggas don't have friends and so they don't have nobody to talk to about this stuff so then they get on the internet and then they do all this number searching when it's like what is the a nigga sold 282,000 uh, units in the first week what does that have to do with how good the music is to you how you connected to the music and any of your money after this <laughs> it was for for Tyler's last album for not not the last one but Igor he put out like a little uh, message where it was just like, hey, for this album, when you listen to it, I want you to listen to it without your phone. Like put your phone down, don't scroll social media, don't go through text messages, just sit down, listen to the album, absorb the music and do it that way. Like that's how music should be listened to. Like the people that kind of listen to music for the very first time, while scrolling Twitter, I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice. Like you can't possibly get everything that you're meant to get from the music while your brain is taking in all the things that Twitter has to offer you as far as stimulus goes. And and when it comes to uh, album sales, I'll ask you guys this and, and the people that are in the chat if they want to see if they can chime in too. Name the rappers or the albums that went platinum in the first week. Cause I have the list. I had I had some guesses. I thought about this because we we're in the chat. We were talking about like you know album sales. What does that mean? How big of a deal is it? So I don't know if you guys know, but can you name any um, rap albums that went platinum the first week without googling it, or an artist who's or a rapper who's done it? I feel like this plat- like- <laughs> platinum is uh, a, a nine hundred thousand or a million or it's a million. It's a million in America. I know it's different in different countries. Sounds Ooh. like something Eminem would do, but you know, he got the benefit. Yeah. Of the okay, Eminem has done it twice. I figured. I I know one got close. Uh, only because, that's wrong. 
No. Yeah, I, I know that uh, just because I looked it up before you said that, because I checked on something else, but I know Kanye West got close at least once with uh, graduation. graduation. It was like 900. Which was like 900, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 50 Cent, maybe? Yep, The Massacre. With- the Massacre? Yes. I thought it was going to be Get Rich or that. Yuck. Yeah, The Massacre was the one that Jesus did a million Christ. in the first. expected a lot out of him from there. Yeah. I thought Get Rich or Die Trying would have been the one, but it was The Massacre. I was like, wow, that's surprising. I was, I was shocked by that one. Uh, so, oh, we got, uh, so we got Big uh, Ten, and we got Eminem twice. I will give you guys uh, a hint. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Uh, Vanilla Ice? No. Uh, no. Are you all crack? <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a bad guess. That's not a bad guess. There's only two more left. There's only two. I think you, like you should. Black. No, Bree should have got one of them. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't gotten this. Is Jay Z on that list? No, I'm multi- I'm multitasking. Um, Don't Google it. Just guess. No, no, no. I'm I'm trying to get. I'm sending KJ. You know. Beyonce as a rapper? No, she should though. Taylor Swift has done it like three times. Beastie oh, cool. Boys, no. It's are, is these nasty rappers black. One is black. One is black. So one is not logic. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I got a nice single with DJ Premier though. Lot dog, man. All right. Yeah, okay. that's a different conversation. That's, that's a different conversation. Is Drake? No. All right. The only other thing I have in my head is Outkast, but nope. I didn't think it would no. be. All right, give, give us the answer. All I, right. I don't know. Uh, the first one I'm gonna give you like as soon as i tell you what it is you're gonna be like why didn't i think of that but uh, i mean i'm not i'm not thinking too hard but <clothes> okay lil wayne card three. Oh, duh i feel like that's an obvious one yeah. and uh the last extremely one, overrated album okay yeah. relax first off let's relax it is that shit is but, but okay but let's let's relax for a little bit right one quick second and the last one i didn't expect anybody to get i didn't even know this happened as a millennial, I'm kind of ashamed that we allowed this this guy to, to be out here cooking as a rapper, but uh, Lint Biscuit. Does that really? Uh, uh, yeah. Album list? Yes. Well, well uh, he's I, got a. I didn't, I didn't look at the uh, actual like album name and like because it was all all genres of music, so I was just scrolling down to see uh, whenever a rapper popped up because it was a lot of Taylor Swift, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. I saw Lint Biscuit. I'm like, wow, he's a rapper, I guess. So maybe it yeah, was a the single in together or in together now is him and Method Man produced by DJ Premier. That's so nasty. that is a bona fide. Pop Where did you get that Garth Brooks and Nelly on there? Then Garth Brooks was on there. He was on that list. He went platinum in a week. It got to be with the Nelly. That got to be the Nelly album. Nah, I think it was his regular joint. I think it's his regular stuff. Man, country country fans love country music, man. He said some. Never mind. I ain't gonna say that. <laughs> but, uh, but back to your your original point, I I feel like you're going the uh, going to say that uh, the whole men lie, women lie, but numbers don't, which I think is bullshit because numbers may not lie, but they don't tell the whole story. So I feel like that was where you were kind of well, going. I guess my point is like album sales only matter so much. Like I, I feel like if you're comparing um, two artists. Or to or to anything, anything that are kind of like equal. If it's like, all right, lyricism, they're pretty much neck and neck. Um, concept album, neck and neck. Uh, production, neck and neck. Feature list, neck and neck. All these things are just right here, neck and neck at each other. So I feel like album sales could be like a t- album sales should be used as a tipping point. But okay, let me ask you another question, or just use another example, right? 
the, for the most part, I know I know Rev is not a super fan of this guy, but we can. I, I feel like most people that listen to rap music would agree that Rick Ross is one of the better rappers. He's probably in the top thirty all time. It's fair to say. Probably has one or two classics to his name. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I'm not yet. Yeah, okay, <laughs> so um, how many platinum albums does Rick Ross have? Zero. Did you just find that out, or have you- no? I knew that. I know he doesn't move units like that, which is really weird. But that's that, that's the thing. Like you would like when someone told. I think it was PJ from the Reduce Lunch podcast. He, he said uh, Rick Ross doesn't have any platinum albums. I'm like that. There's no fucking way that Rick Ross has zero platinum albums. He's been out here cooking for a long time. He has some of the best albums out, and he's had one of the best uh, runs from a rapper in, in a while. Like he's up there with uh, the people that came out in the, I guess the mid or mid late 2000s. So I looked it up, no platinum albums. And I was, I was stunned. I was like, how is this possible? But the fact that he doesn't have any platinum albums doesn't take away from what he is or what he's done as an artist. I don't look at him any differently. I Honestly, I look at fans differently. I'm like, why aren't you supporting this guy? If you want to support Rick Ross, then what are you doing? I mean, he's rich off cocaine, so he's fine. <laughs> so he doesn't need that. But I'm let me uh, like reading books or like I don't know, playing The Sims. That's that's my excuse. I don't know about the rest of everybody else. Playing the nasty Sims. Let me uh, get KJ on here. He wants to get his hey, uh, his. <laughs> Look, we need to. Can they bring back like the regular, the original like Sim City or like Sim Tower? Like you I, don't I, have I to play with Sims. mods. You can play with them. But no, I like, no, no. my Sims is niggas. <laughs> Y'all, y'all Sims are nasty. I, I've never seen a Sims that wasn't filthy. Every one of you guys are neat. All y'all need Jesus. Jesus my Sims Christ. own a dispensary. My Sims be having baby daddies. Like my Sims Um, but just real quick before I get KJ on. So to the the point about numbers not equating like greatness. Again, this has become a Vince Staple stand account podcast, but. If you haven't listened to Vince Staples, um, Ramona Park, I Broke My Heart, definitely listen to that. That's better than a lot of these albums. A lot of them. All of them well, with the exception of a couple. Vince and will he'll tell no numbers. I'm going to sell my 5,000 albums and I'm going to go home. He he don't care about... And he, I would say ever since Big Fish Theory, he's gotten the critical acclaim. Um, but he's the first rapper to be like, I don't care if I sell 5,000 or 500,000 in the first week. That money is not mine. And I just wish that fans would maybe pick up on, hey, man, don't worry about what I got. But yeah, I just, I don't, again, I just think fans need validation for why they like an artist. So they turn to music sales because that's the only <clears throat> tangible way you can be like oh the artist that i like is good instead of just being like i enjoyed this artist's music they just need like something to grasp hold of to be like oh see this nigga's good look at all the album sales i know i'm this but i'm i'm not gonna lie i'm the same way i'm the same way with vince staples and i'm the same way with, with rhapsody where i'm like why is nobody like i look at the i haven't looked at vince staples numbers but i did look at rhapsody's a while back and i was like oh why is hello cool j at this thing but i looked at the numbers and i'm just like they're not doing. They're not doing anything. It's almost as, as if nobody is listening to their to their records or, or streaming their their music to the point where I'm just like, why is Rhapsody? How is Rhapsody still signed? And I kind of wish. And I know why he doesn't. But there's a part of me 
as a fan that wishes like Vince Staples would kind of put himself out there a little bit more to be more of a star, more of a front facing guy, more of like, Hey, I want to be in that conversation because I, because I'm such a fan of his, like when I'm a fan of somebody, I want to see them do great uh, in the booth and artistically. And I want them to get the things that come with uh, being great on the outside. Like I want them to go to, you know, fucking Jimmy Fallon and, you know, be the musical guest for Saturday Night Live and Don, our senior hall show, all these things. Like, I want that for them. But I, I know Vince Staples isn't the kind of guy. He, he's not going to do what Jack Harlow's doing. Jack Harlow's on every fucking, and he's been on Hot 97, The Breakfast Club, Angie Martinez. He went to LA Leaguers twice. I'm like, Jesus, like, your album, like, he, he's trying to sell this album. He's trying to sell it so hard. And Vince Staples, he'll go, he'll do like Big Boy and, I can't remember the other. It's like another. He do a lot of LA people. Yeah, he, yeah, he does all the LA circuits. He doesn't. He doesn't really do Hot ninety seven or the Breakfast Club. Like he he does a lot of. And I feel like Kendrick's gonna do the same thing. He's gonna do all the West Coast radio stations. I mean, I'll say this. I'll give two points. One is that he has done a little bit of that. He's done like the Jimmy Fallon's and the Kimmels or whatever. Um, he he did it for the self-titled album last year. Uh, he was I think he was on Fallon with Boucher. Um, but I also think that just like, I feel like rap music is the only genre where we measure an artist by what they sell. And like the only form of art really that we measure an artist or a good or product service by what it sells. Like if you really love a, a piece of art that you see, like you're not gonna wonder how many other people got this piece of art. You just think it's good and it's yours and you can take it home and enjoy it. And so I don't understand why like rap has to be this genre, this this like work of art that has to be quantified by the numbers of the amount of people who have who have seen it and enjoyed it and also decide to say it's good. When you can just have something you like and enjoy it and not care, like not use, oh, my favorite artist sold this, this, and that in the first week as a justification point. Like it's okay to like things that other people don't like. It's it's fine. There's been there's been times where I'm on the on the timeline and I'll see like uh I, you'll see numbers and it'll be like, oh well this song just went platinum or this album just went platinum. And I'm like, that's just going platinum. That been platinum in my house. Like we've been running this song, we've been running this album. You, like the fact that it just went platinum, it doesn't it's surprising because of how much I play it, but I mean, it doesn't change how I feel about the, the album or the music. All right, let's uh let's see it uh on to get his take real quick. Hello. Yo. Long time no here. What's going on, KJ? Uh nothing much. You know, uh before I give my points off, uh I want to shout first I'll shout out Limp Biscuit. You know, Limp Biscuit <laughs> gave us out with Met the Man, Red Man, and Exhibit. So that is oh, a rap album. That is a rap album. You feel me? Also, second of all, shout out to all the sound modders out there because I have wicked whims, you know. One time, one of my exactly. Come on now, one of my sims caught crabs, and another another one of my sims. Another one of my sims got that goose You feel me? Come on now. My sim got hurt because he gave it to his husband. Come on now. Hey, our sims want you know want to get nasty. I understand that they over here getting woo. No, 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 no. We get nasty up in on the sims. You feel me? But um. Yeah, I just want to, because I'm sick and tired of uh, hearing these Kendrick fans, you feel me? Also, that's a crazy transition, but (laughs) yeah, I'm so sick and tired of these Kendrick fans because um, if I I don't understand why people, I I don't get it. 
because um you know the whole auntie diaries uh <laughs> debacle <laughs> the whole, i haven't uh, seen any i haven't seen any blowback from that yet maybe i'm not looking in the right places i well, still haven't seen well, anybody I'm, get like mad well, I'm about more, it i'm in more like black queer spaces so that's like kind of, that was kind of like the big the big thing when the album first dropped so that's why i was hearing right and um if i hear one more kendrick fan tell me to listen to the album again listen to the song again see you missed the point <laughs> see you you missed the point you gotta listen to it again Bro, I don't care if I listen to it one time, ten times, three hundred times. Kendrick said himself, he is not your savior. So why y'all be giving him the god yes. Why y'all giving the god doc? I don't get it. If they don't like it, they don't like it. It don't have to be good because you like it. If you think it's out of the year, that's great. Some other person don't like it. That's okay. You do not have to. You do not have to to sacrifice your life for this man. That album is not going to keep you warm at night, nigga. It's not going to be good. <laughs> if, 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 if it's not good to them, it's not good to them. Just, just let it go. Just let it go. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. Because that's why I ain't, I ain't say, um, I ain't get my takes off on the album online. Nope. Mm-mm. They ain't going to tell me to listen to the album 30,000 times so I can understand it. Like I said, in my opinion, the album is a musically is one of my favorite albums by Kendrick. Like, production-wise, simply production-wise, it's my second favorite album behind Timber Butterfly. But outside of that, hey, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I... Uh, that's a hot take. KJ came in with the heat. Uh, I checked out NPR.com, and I just looked up the first article I could find, and it said, uh, somebody said that felt jarring. And I think it may be for a lot of other trans people it felt that way because they're actually real people, real experiences. We've had family members who refuse to respect us and our identities or have taken a long time to kind of evolve. I said those F-bombs. I ain't know any better. Kendrick Lamar raps mistakenly. I ain't think that you know any different. Um, da, 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 da. It's saying some people are praising him for anti-diaries, but then... Um, there's people that are saying I would be more impressed for him to talk about the epidemic of violence in which it's largely black cisgender men killing black and brown trans women or talking about numerous bills moving around the country to restrict our rights. We got super political today. All right. Yeah. I mean, and, and that kind of goes to what Cage was saying. Like he's, he's not our savior. Like, and I, I say this with a lot of, uh, with a lot of like celebrity culture, like we shouldn't, they shouldn't be the beacons of morality or the beacons of anything for us outside of entertainment. Like I get that they do have a lot of influence um, in this age of social media and just mainstream media being like ubiquitous, but I, I, you shouldn't be listening to Kendrick Lamar for anything outside of his music and maybe the evolution of him and his journey. But again, like you said, and like he said, he is not your savior. Like that man said, he y'all rather him be pro black, but he's more Kodak black. And the more you go back, listen to his music, you kind of you kind of hear that man. Like that's why I, I don't. Oh my bad. I think it's like projection. I think like because he kind of embodies kind of the spirit of like a revolutionary and kind of like the whole Tupac thing. But like I said last week, man, it makes more sense now for him to be on the mask off remix with, with future because like he is really toxic <laughs> he is low-key a toxic king and it's like going back with his music you, you hear that stuff in there you know what i'm saying like i don't understand how people heard cousin carl on damn and it just just be shocked about what kendrick gotta say y'all i'm you, I, I don't understand 
Like, also, bro, to pimp a butterfly. Oh, my bad. Okay. No, you good. I was gonna say oh. I don't understand how you hear a nigga from the a nigga from California, born in the eighties, and be like, oh, this man's incredibly progressive. Like, like, bro, I'm telling you, people heard to pimp a butterfly and said this nigga the next uh George Carvin. <laughs> he's the next, he's the next Martin Luther King. He led next Mike Malcolm to X. He's not. He is Kendrick Lamar Duckworth. He is not Jesus Christ. He is not. He's no stop. Like, bro, again, I love to pimp a butterfly, but to pimp a butterfly came out 2015. It's 2022. People artists progress and they make more music. This album is not to pimp a butterfly, in my opinion. It's an okay album. 7.5 out of 10. If we were going to give a rating. That's why I give it. Personally. But, yeah, like I said, bro. If, if people people not going to like the album. And that's okay. And please, stop trying to tell trans people how to react to the song. Stop telling people how to react to Kodak Black being on the album. <laughs> those are, those, yeah. are fair, those are fair questions or fair statements. Because I know for the, for the Auntie Diaries, it's like, where I listen to it, I'm just like, okay, like I, I rock with this. I understand this. I can see where he's coming from, but I'm also a straight male, and I don't have to deal with the issues that comes with being a, a trans man or woman or a gay man or a gay female or any of that stuff. I don't have to deal with those issues. So I'm taking in this type of music and and artistry from a different from from a privileged position, so to say. So it's it's easy for me to be like, oh yeah, Ani Dyers is fine, is is fire, it's straight, it's a great song, and yeah, okay. I can I can be like, oh well, um, Kodak Black is all over this album with all the stuff that he's uh, been accused of and all the stuff that he's pled guilty to and all the things that he's admitted to doing, and I can listen to him on I can like I can separate the art from the artist because the things that he did doesn't really affect me if that makes sense, and I I personally don't like him as an artist because I don't like the way he sounds. I feel like he's got marbles in his mouth and I think whatever message he's trying to convey just doesn't work with Kendrick. Like, I feel like they could have got someone else, but as, you know, I'm sure like if women are listening to this or people who have been uh, sexually assaulted or raped or anything, they could hear Kodak Black on this Kendrick and they're just like, okay, I'm a fan of Kendrick, but I just, like, what's the difference between putting Kodak Black on this album and R. Kelly? Honestly, what's the difference? Is there that big of a difference outside of age and how much time uh, he's doing because uh, r kelly is a gold artist that would be the difference like he's one of the greatest artists of our time i'll you know and oh, you know, hey, delete that <laughs> it, it kind of go- 54 it, ted <laughs> make, a, make a note <laughs> mark is gonna be the intro to this <laughs> y'all be killing me Hey, but kind of going back on that Kodak Black point, you know, I saw a lot of people like, well, Kodak Black is on the album to highlight the contradiction when Kendrick talks about, you know, kind of points out throughout the whole album. And I'm like, I understand that, but it's kind of weird to talk about your abuse on the album, but then put an uh, an abuser on the album and like putting money in his uh, pockets because Kodak is a big part of his album. So if he won a Grammy, if Kendrick went agreement for this, I don't, you know, I don't know how like the, uh, you know, the percentage work because I know you have to be like a certain percentage, a part of the album, in order to be a part of, like the Grammy, Grammy, like you know, to actually get the trophy. So I don't know how that is, but with him being like a big part of, the album, I'm assuming he'll probably be, you know, one of the trophy winners too. So like I said, I just find it weird to kind of like talk about your abuse on the album, but. 
platform and put money in the pocket of an abuser through the album. It kind of just... I think niggas is thinking too deep about that. Like, I think he just put Kodak on the album because <laughs> he liked Kodak. <laughs> and yeah, yeah that, that could be the case. I, I like to say, you know, I was just kind of like scanning around. No, no, like, not you. I'm talking about people oh, who are like to show the contradiction. Like, I, I mean, yeah. maybe, but I also think Kendrick just... I think it's, it's it's that bar where it's like people think I'm pro black, but I'm more Kodak black. Like that's a that's a fire bar, and it, it it it's more it's a lot better when you I guess hear Kodak on the album. Like personally, I just don't like the way he sounds or the way he raps. I don't think he makes good. And the thing that annoys me the most about him being on this album is the amount of people who are just like coming around and be like, "Oh yeah, Kodak is one of the greatest rappers of this generation." If you go uh, I ain't said all that, but I'm not saying you said that, but I've seen he got, that. He got some I've seen that take. I've seen that take go out there where people are like, "Oh, you just need to go back and listen to some of some of this earlier stuff." If he wasn't mm-hmm. getting all this trouble, he'd have been considered like you know one of the like like he's young Jesus or something. I'm like, nigga, get out of my face, man. Let me hit a timeout real quick. So, side note on the Kodak Black thing. I was trying to look up the, the stuff with his uh, allegations. So, and I, I look a little bit further, but just from skimming the interwebs, it said that he did, it, it goes into the whole, um, kind of like the whole OJ Simpson, Deshaun Watson thing. Like, he pled guilty to assault. Um, and he was accused of uh, rape against, I don't know all the details, but it, you can go into another different conversation of like, hey, are, are we all our are we all our worst mistake type of conversation that's neither here nor there um we'll save that conversation for another day but i had to time out real quick because while searching the interwebs about kodak black's incident i briefly saw an article on hip-hop dx saying that azalea banks has a crush on kodak black and whatever we need to do as a community to not allow that to happen we need to do like if we need to vote for republicans uh whatever we got to do to make sure that doesn't happen that's like like the Infinity Stones being given to the Thanos again, like that—that that hey, kind of like a rift in the multiverse if they were to get together. So that can't happen. But. Wasn't Azalea Banks uh, messing around with Elon Musk? Look, man, I got a quick rant. Give me three. Give me oh. three minutes. Give me three minutes. I just need three minutes. Okay, here we go. I'm muting myself. If you niggas is letting Azalea Banks get you in a tizzy in the year 2022 <laughs> of our Lord Jesus, Aloysius Christ. Get help. She's not well. And I wish we would collectively ignore her. She has said some gross things. And like every once in a while, she's right. She'll say something that is like uh that makes sense. But like so does TI. We don't, he's not a scholar though. So Azalea Banks is a weirdo. And I mean that in every sense of the word. She has hurled slurs at people she has been extremely transphobic and homophobic she like white men have you seen her hair like there's a lot of issues here there's a lot of issues and i wish that as a society all seven billion of us on this earth and counting turn our backs on her completely ignore her block her if you have to i don't understand why you niggas like put her in publications or google her name pretend she doesn't exist she's not well and what do you do when people are not well and not willing to change? You put them on the street. So we should do that to her and Donald Trump and that weird nigga with the forehead, Elon Musk. Put them all wow. in the basket. Come Stop paying attention to the niggas. With the spirit coming on. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Hey. Oh goodness gracious. Uh, yeah. 
that was uh that was that was that was a good stream of uh, consciousness we had there. Um, oh, and just like I said, one one yeah. last thing. Like I said, Kendrick fans, stop giving this man the gawk gawk. He don't know you exist, and he like white women. So he he don't like a lot of y'all niggas that y'all cheering for. Come on now. Uh, but I can't say nothing because I got a white partner anyway. But um, hey, you know, hey, I'm a hypocrite too, like like Kendrick. You feel that me? Man, hey. That's not only I'm, can I'm, I not I'm stop big cheating with my girl, I can't I'm stop the... cheating with white women. I love white women too much to stop. Thanks, I'm the big stepper with them, man. I'm stepping with them, y'all. So uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, that's another conversation. That we, it, in the year of our Lord, 2022, you know, you should be able to love who you, you love. We're all the same, you know. It, we all bleed red. They just be doing some weird stuff on that that side of the camp, you know what I'm saying? But it it is what it is. But uh, KJ, we appreciate your your time. Um, are you buying Madden this year? Uh, fuck Madden and uh, fuck video games. If you ain't playing the yeah. Sims, yeah, yeah, I think Madden is it's a wrap for me. Like I, they got me, but I I think I'm gonna be like for real. I'm not buying that shit this year. Like I'm I'm caught up with uh, Halo and Elden Ring big time right now. So, um, yo, is the Sims like a multiplayer? I, I, I didn't play at all. Oh, if it's not multiplayer, not, I would it. If it was multiplayer, I'd consider it. Getting the shout sales. out to Wicked Whims. Shout out to uh, Base Mental Drugs. Yeah, the drug. Yep. Games. Um, shout out to uh, the Hold It Up mod. I had it, and then I had to delete it because it was making my game run weird. Um, you got the Extreme Violence mod? I ain't got it, but you got it. I do not. Oh, the shout what? out to the BBL mod. I think I'm about to download that one. The BBL. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm about to download that one when I get a chance. I need to get the strip club uh thing. Oh, I got that up. one. Oh, you got that? I need to get that. Down at the one. paint where the girls get naked. <laughs> Yo, where is this like community of like <laughs> Sims? Is there like a Reddit? All these Reddit for this? Oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah. oh that's how I got my animations. That's how I got my animations for Wicked Wheels. Shout out yeah, to Reddit. It's like black simmers and black modders really make this game go because this Facts. game without mods is lame. <laughs> it's just all these, it's all these nasty niggas from Tumblr. That's all it is. Nasty. Shout out to the nasty Tumblr niggas. Hey, I'm one of them no. too. <laughs> no, no, we have, we got to put respect. Hashtag uh, black people in tech. There we go. <laughs> Shout out to Ebonic Sim. Shout yes. out to Harry. Shout Come out to Troy. <laughs> Yes. Like said, hey, get your mods popping off because hey, if you don't want your Sims out here doing a little bouncy bouncy woohoo, go get the PC, get the wicked whims, get the animation popping off, and uh get you a Patreon because that's where all the people really be getting the, the animation really like the real nasty nasty ones, not the, the weird ones, because there's some weirdos out there. There's like a yeah, there's some weirdos out there, you know. They was out there with dogs and shit. And oh. EA had to say, and EA had to, and EA had to make a crackdown. They were like, hey, we, we all right with the weekend win, but now y'all talking about dogs and, and yeah. cows and shit. We ain't doing that. So EA said, you're going too far. Stop. Doing too much. So as the wrap up the mods piece, I was on, <laughs> I was on Instagram and I seen somebody had a mod of uh, the remake of Resident Evil 2. And they turned the main character into like some, BDSM woman with like thongs and like large breast with like a Gatling gun. Her partner side character was like the little child from uh Monsters Inc. Except she was really big. It was like really weird. And then they modded one of the, the main bad boss characters to be like Donald Trump. And he was like this beast Donald Trump like chasing him through the little area. And then like he was about to catch them. And then some monster like put a hole through his chest. It was like the wildest shit I've ever seen in my life. But I'm like, you know what? I was entertained. Shout out to the mod. Shout out to the modding community. Hey, the, hey, them little basement dwellers really was really speaking facts. And they say the PC, the master race. Them basement dwellers, y'all was on something. Y'all was speaking facts. 
Hey. Oh my god. And even the same basement dweller that's that's sucking off Kendrick right now. So my sins oh be my on god. the LSD. Like my sins be hot. I had my son buy LSD from the dark web. He had a bad trip and he got really scared and he hid in the closet. Exactly. Hey, my dude, I got like if you smoke too much, you your your sim become paranoid and stuff. I'm like, bro, what? But hey, we we ride. You feel me? I brownies, shoot, the, the yes, like we be out here. Like, come on, thug dizzle, bro. I got my people in the gang. I had like an alien gang too, and, and but I ain't really getting far in that. So yeah. Jesus Shout out to Christ. KJ for coming on and talking about the sims. I appreciate the yes. You know, I, KJ has an open invite to the group chat, but you know, it's it's out there. You know, no pressure. You know, what I'm saying, just let us know when you're ready like, to join to the the KTSC Illuminati. You know I, mean? I thought I was a part of it. I thought I thought I was one of the the found uh, well, like one of the, the early members. You feel me? Yes, but I mean, again, we have we have a group chat now. We're official, official. Oh, you know oh, 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 he's trying okay. to put you on. Really, is what he's saying. Yeah, uh-uh. we, we out here. It's a, it's a safe space. We we out here doing doing the Lord's work, but. Um, <sighs> Appreciate you coming through. Definitely hit us up. Sure. Uh, uh, we're gonna keep talking wait, about the one last thing. Hey, shout out to whoever made the uh, the, the Kendrick being crucified on the Meat Mountain. Shout out to y'all, whoever did that. Look, <laughs> you you inspired me to get on my Photoshop game. You know what I'm saying? Like you got we gotta do what we gotta do out here in these streets. Hey, breeze. I would never thought of that. See, look at your mind. I would never thought about that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm different. I'm really different. <laughs> All right, I'm out, y'all. All right, bro. <laughs> oh my gosh. Shout out to KJ. KJ is KJ is excellent. I, I don't even know what to do anymore. Uh I think we can but, jump um, to to all of we can actually boil down all of our problems with hip hop media down to white people. Specifically okay, white let's, men. Let's do that. Yeah. So and so I, I tried to look up some stuff. I, I think it might just be a Twitter narrative, but it's a well-deserved Twitter narrative. Um, let me see what I found. So essentially, I typed in white people, bad music takes, or white people, hip-hop takes. And like, the only thing I could find that was, like, credible, it's a little bit older, but it was still relevant. And it was from somebody that you wouldn't think could have this opinion. No, shouldn't have this opinion, but... Um, Actually, y'all talk while I find the, the article. I fucking took it off. So I just, ahead, I think a lot, uh, I, I be sounding like mad racist, but I love white people. I think white people are great. I love all people. You know, I think y'all got y'all issues and I think y'all cause a lot of issues for a lot of people, but I, I don't fail to see the humanity in white people. But I do think that sometimes non-black people get into black led spaces and they cause a lot of discourse and then it's hard to track the discourse back to them. So then we just started, we start arguing with each other and like bickering with each other instead of going back to the source, which was the dude on YouTube who got on there and was like, oh, Kendrick's album is a four out of 10. And it's mostly because I just didn't understand it because I'm a white man without the same worldview. And I think that'd be the, a lot of the issue with hip hop media is that like the people that review it, white, black, or otherwise don't have the same like or similar world perspectives as the artists they be reviewing and like misunderstanding just turns into like dislike and slander instead of being like I didn't understand it turns into oh I didn't like it which turns into more discourse well, do they, yeah that's okay that's stupid uh, but, um, I, that I kind of got into it with the coach on the timeline about some of the things that he was saying as far as like um 
you guys like, you know, missing around the big steppers, but y'all think J. Cole is boring. And that that entire narrative about J. Cole making boring music came from a white dude, like a white guy with a large platform. It's, I, the guy from the No Jumper, Adam 22, he was the first like major person to go out there and say, J. Cole's music is boring. Like he's the one that started this narrative. He's the one that's pushing that about J. Cole and niggas like Ocho and other people are going around saying either they're saying that Kendrick is boring or they're out there pushing a narrative that, you know, Kendrick isn't boring because this guy said he's boring, but he's actually not boring if you actually listen to the music. When in general, I don't think he's boring at all. He doesn't make like turn up music, but the idea of him being labeled as boring and that you go to sleep to, that narrative around J. Cole comes from a white dude. Like, why, how, how did that become a thing? Like, I can't, like, who's, who's the black person in a hip hop space or even in just a black person in general with a uh, sizable platform that can say uh, Taylor Swift makes toxic music and that becomes what we think about her or Adele, you, you know, needs to, well, I don't know. Uh, find happiness. Is, yeah. Adele can only oh, find happiness. Cool. Whatever, like, there's there's nobody black that could say something, uh, something, neg- something <clears throat> negative about a Taylor Swift or an Adele or Garth Brooks or the Bad Bunny or, or whoever, Post Malone. We can't say anything negative about them and it sticks to them. But they can say from outside of our culture, say something about J. Cole and it sticks to him. And I don't like that. Because like if you say Taylor Smith's Taylor Smith. See, I don't even know that lady like that. Taylor Swift's. Uh, if you say her red album was garbage, the little girls will turn around and look at you crazy. You said what about our Lord and Savior Taylor Swift? Get out of here. They're going to go on a hate campaign. They're going to be in your mentions for two weeks. Nikki fans, if you say Nikki album was trash, they are going to spend the rest of their lives trying to find you. I just don't, I feel like we don't gatekeep our spaces enough and I hate to like use that rhetoric. But I, I do feel like Again, it goes back to rap being like it's it's a very low entry, low barrier to entry to like be a rapper and like be part of the, the culture, quote unquote, whatever the culture is. And so a lot of people be inserting themselves in conversations where they don't really belong. And all of us don't belong at every conversation. Like I can have an opinion on J. Cole's music, but I might not really belong in some of the conversations because the audience I'm not the intended audience sometimes like some of those songs like Father Time I'm, I'm sure I wasn't the intended audience for that I'm sure black men were so me having an opinion on Father Time like I could have one but at the end of the day like should my opinion be the loudest probably not because it wasn't for me Megan Thee Stallion might make it well let me not use Megan <laughs> Beyonce, Beyonce might make an album she'll make Lemonade and like while male perspectives are welcome no. should they be the loudest no that album wasn't for men that was for women and 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 uh, female identifying people like it, everybody's opinion don't hold the same weight in every conversation is what i'm trying to say i'm gonna, I'm gonna let breeze get back to where he was trying to go but i will say real quick mgk came into the game as a rapper he kind of flamed out and he started doing rock music and now he's coming back to do rap again so well, it goes full circle back to what Rev was saying is that people need to be told what to think for whatever reason. So it's like, hey, one person makes a narrative and we're all just going to push it. Like, yep, we're not going to think about it. Uh, we're just going to push that narrative. It is what it is. But the 
one article I found back from 2016 is from Billboard, and it is Kanye West asked white publications to stop commenting on black music. <laughs> uh, a little more than an hour before the Grammy started on Monday night, Kanye West wrote a series of controversial tweets asking white pub, uh, publications to not write about black music. Um, he singled out New York Times, Rolling Stones, and the one that gets packed up the most, Pitchfork, because they're mm, they're terrible. AKA Pitchfork. Ditchfork. <laughs> white publications should not be writing about Snitchfork. Sorry. That should not be writing about, oh, there's a typo in this article. It says back music, but it should say black music. Uh, but that was the the entire article. But that was in 2016, and it's still it's still relevant today because they just be saying stuff. And like Pitchfork almost got me; it's almost went to their site. But I think they're doing that on purpose. Like, yo, let's say the wildest shit we can to drive traffic to our our site. And I was like, nah, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not. They're not gonna get me. But again, they put it on Twitter, and then people feel like they have to get their pound of flesh and get their their retweet off to think that's gonna change anything. You're literally doing what they what you want what you don't want them to do. You're giving them all the free promo. Like, we got to learn to, like, take a second and be like, hey, what is this really going to do? Am I helping the cause or am I hurting the cause? But now you got to get your retweet. You got to get your joke. The need for validation is so wild. Like, validation from outside communities is so wild. Because, like, a lot of people feel like, oh, if, uh, I was about to say Pitchfork again. If Pitchfork, if Pitchfork or Noisy or Rolling Stones or whoever, whoever, whatever white-led publication complex, if they don't have an opinion on your album, then your album ain't do what it was supposed to do. When it's like, why, why does the validation from people who look like you, why is that not enough? And I know that's not, that's not speaking for every artist, but I just think that there are a few loud instances of like needing outside validation that really uh hinders the opportunity to have like internal conversations about the artists that not necessarily represent us but you know can speak from uh perspectives that are more prevalent in our communities i just don't see what was super controversial about what kanye was said there's certain things that kanye was raps about a perspective that he speaks from that white publicists or white writers are not going to be able to speak from or specifically white men. The same with Kendrick, the same with J. Cole, even the same with someone like Drake or Future or Nicki Minaj or Beyonce. Like that was, that's the, that's one of the annoying parts about, and, and they're getting better at this, but the annoying part about, uh, I guess, journalism or publicism or, or like inter- getting interviewed, it's, it's pretty rare to see any rapper get interviewed by a black woman and it's super rare to see a black rapper that's a woman get interviewed by a uh, black woman at a at a big radio station. Like I'm obviously you go where you want to go, but like Hot 97 and Power 105 are still the biggest stations out there. You know, Big Boys Radio and all that stuff. All the other uh, L.A. Um, radios. But I did see. I'm trying. I've been trying to find it while while I was talking. But uh, Earth Game went up to Hot 97. And they didn't get interviewed by the big guys. They didn't get interviewed by Ebro or uh, Rosenberg and more styles. They got interviewed by, it's, it's going to come off as disrespectful, but she's a B-team person. Like she's someone I've never really seen before, but she was a black woman. And her interview with them was one of the better interviews I've seen because you could tell <clears throat> that she 
listen to the music and was a fan of the music and the questions that she asked were insightful and were about the music. Whereas when you get to the big show like Ebro and Rosenberg, they're kind of more on the surface. They're not really diving deep into the music that you created. And, and it was it was refreshing to see that. And I wish we would get get more of that. Because, I mean, even with Hot 97, and this is no disrespect to them, like, they got way more years in, than music publications and journalism and so on and so forth. But, like, for Hot 97 to be such a big platform for, for rappers and for Black music makers, why is Peter Rosenberg at the forefront of that? That's a white yeah. man. Like, why, why is he calling shots when it comes to, like, conversations? And, again, that's no disrespect to him. I think he, you know, has obviously a foot in the game and is like aware and has been around a while but i just wonder <clears throat> why why are why are so many white men specifically in the forefront of media that reports on black art i've always wondered that like i'm not saying you can't again i'm not saying you can't have an opinion but i'm just saying why is your opinion the loudest when there are tons more people who like have a perspective and are the target audience for this music and should have these opportunities, why do you get to talk the loudest? Well, uh, as a similar little listener of the Joe Bunn podcast, he is one of those platforms that we we should we should support. He he's got a good product. He's got a good product and he is trying to be a, a voice like that that uh <clears throat> is that voice we're looking for. And he actually originally when his podcast was was born or the inception of this podcast it was supposed to be him and peter rosenberg but <clears throat> rosenberg just like oh God, what was at was like yeah was like absent or he was supposed to like be the producer and get him guests and stuff like that and he just like wasn't or didn't do it and joe was like nah fuck you you're done like it just never happened so that's uh brings, well, it, I, brings it full circle i did find the name of the of, her, of the woman that interviewed earth gang uh maya bell from Hot 97. She's the one that interviewed uh, um, Earth Gang. And I will say, someone in the chat said uh, uh, that GA boy, he said, because we were talking about um, I guess white rappers or whatever, and he was like, that's how I feel about Eminem. Can't relate to it. For me, I don't care if I can relate to it. Does the music slap or not? Is it good music? Is it Are the lyrics there? Is the beat there? Because if I'm only supposed to listen to music that I can relate to, I'm stuck listening to J. Cole fold clothes and drink almond milk with his wife all day because that's what I do in real life. I don't want to listen to that all the time. I want to listen to fucking Griselda. I want to feel like I'm in fucking Buffalo doing all that other stuff that they do or, or feel like Larry June driving an old school, driving down the freeway. Like, I don't I don't have to relate to the music that I like because that's part of the escapism. Some of the I things, some of the TV shows that I watch, some of the music, movies that I watch, I don't relate to, relate to everything. Like, I don't. I, I've never understood that that stance as far as like, well, if I can't relate to it, I can't like it. All right. I can't relate to nothing Megan Thee Stallion has ever said, except for when she said I'm almost 200 pounds. I was like, girl, saying you see me. <laughs> but other than that, like Megan be living a whole other life. But, you know, I enjoy the music. I enjoy the feeling it gives me. That's all I'm here for. Do, does it slap or not, man? Do I like it? Like, I don't need to be like, yeah, I remember the days where I was on this, the the hot streets of Miami moving weights. This is my kind of music. No, because because if we're being honest, we don't relate to any of these niggas' music. In reality, 
talking about, oh, oh, money make these bitches turn gay. You ain't ever made no bitch turn gay with your money, dog. You work at Target. What are you talking about? You an assistant manager. I mean, you know, there might be some. Relate to them raps, the niggas rapping them. Yeah. Exactly. Living them lives. Rob was like, "Them hoes ain't loyal." He knows about that. You don't know about that. You don't know about that life. You ain't living that life. I mean, there'd be some bust downs at the Target that might be down to do a little something strange or some change, <laughs> depending on if this the end of the month. You know, say the rent is due. Yeah, rent paid. What the people do? That cell phone it, bill late. <laughs> it, it it happens. <laughs> Oh my god. But anyways, real quick, I, I guess the, the last couple things I have before they talk basketball, because I clearly have not watched a second of this excellent playoff basketball. Um, I need to, but I, I honestly I just don't care. I don't like I just don't. I have no attachments. I'm just out here floating. Because you hate black men. Um it took too long. <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair. I didn't tweet out whatever anti-black tweet Marcus put out. I couldn't, I can't remember what it was, but it was extremely anti-black. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. Too many games. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm out of it. I'll, 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 I'll get back on it. Maybe because the Lakers are trash. I knew they're going to be trash, but I mean, I'm low key a fake Lakers fan anyway. So it is what it is. Um, but going back full circle to the, the numbers don't matter argument. Uh, I did have to go back and re-rank um, my three albums, Miss Morale, Big Steppers, uh, The Offseason with J. Cole, and I put the Certified Lover Boy as three. I, did, I had to go back and run J. Cole because I hadn't listened to that album in quite some time. I was like, oh, shit, this is actually way better than Certified Lover Boy. So I listened to J. Cole, and I listened to Certified Lover Boy, and I listened to Kendrick Lamar. And, like, listening to Certified Lover Boy, I'm like, fam, this album had a whole Jay-Z feature and it seemed like it didn't mean anything. It was like that that used to be a thing. I completely forgot it was on the album. There was like hella songs in that album I forgot were there. And it got to the point where I was just like, is this over yet? Like, are we done? Like, can this can we cut this off now? Like, so yeah, I I, I reorganized that list and I put J. Cole as two. So I did I did feel the need to to run the offseason again before I before I uh voted or rearrange my albums because I obviously went with uh, Kendrick first and then J. Cole and then Drake Glass. I'm not saying that what, what J. Cole did is bad or it's a bad product or him being lazy, <clears throat> but it's just when you listen to what Kendrick does on Father Time and the way he puts it all together about essentially to- toxic masculinity and how how hard it is being a, a black man in this country and how you're kind of raised to be super hard and like, don't show no emotion, uh, move on when things, when something traumatic happens to you, it's just like, Hey, move on from that as soon as possible. All you got to do is worry about getting your money and keeping your mama happy. That's it. And, um, what J Cole did with, uh, uh, let go of my hand. It, it was along the same lines, but it just wasn't deep enough. It didn't really, it doesn't really touch you in that way. It's a little bit, still a little bit more surface level. And I'm not saying it's a bad song because I relate. I can relate to that song, uh, hella. You know what I'm saying? Because there's been moments where I'm taking my kid to school, and I'm in. You know, every day for the last two years, I've been helping you get out the car, and now you get a little bit older, and now it's like you know I'm trying to help you get out the car, and now it's like, Dad, I don't need that no more. And it's like, 
damn, that shit kind of hurt. Like, I'm not, I wasn't ready for that. And that's something that I can relate to. But it, what he just didn't go deeper with it. There wasn't that many layers to it. And even the part where, he, where Kendrick was talking about, like, oh, I seen Kanye and, and Drake make up. Like, I guess I'm not as mature as I thought I was. And people kind of took that as a shot. But it's like, if you listen to what he'd been rapping about the entire time, you would understand where he's coming from, where he's just like, I'm not in that place where I can just have a problem or have an issue with someone and then just be like, you know what? Now we're good. We're back on good terms. Like we can just squash that. He's not there yet. And that, and that's something that a lot of men have an issue with. It's hard for people to just like bury the hatchet sometimes. I think um, the major difference, what seems to be the major difference, I don't know these two people. Um, what seems to be the major difference between Kendrick's album and J. Cole's album is that to your point, J. Cole doesn't really dig deep into those layers and it, it doesn't sound like J. Cole has done like the internal work. It just seems like a lot of like passing thoughts um, that could have a deeper exploration, but he just kind of hasn't done the work to delve deeper into those topics. Whereas Mr. Morale and the Big Stepper sounds like a person who took five years away from the spotlight, became a dad, um, devoted himself deeper to his partner, went to therapy, and now has like perspectives that were once just thoughts and things and are now things that he was he has taken the time to dig deeper into. So you get a song like Father Time that sounds like the, a, a really long like couple years of reflection, whereas Let Go of My Hand just sounds like this thing happened to me at the house and I thought it was an interesting thing to write about. I'm not saying J. Cole can never get to that level. Um, and I'm not trying to make that man go to therapy either because I don't know him. I'm just saying that's what the difference between those two albums and those two songs specifically sound like to me. So also, too, the the kind of faux jab at Kanye West, um, I saw on Twitter today that him, Kanye West, and Future will be performing together at Rolling Loud in July. So there's clearly no issues there. And if he performs No More Parties in L.A., I'm going to be sick because Kanye West didn't perform that song at the T-Lop tour. And that was one of the main reasons I purchased that ticket. But shout out to Kendrick Lamar, though. I mean, he's going on a big North America and Europe tour of a lot of dates. And it's still European, European tour. Yeah. Those are nasty. I was like, wow, he's going to be out here, out here. Like, he's he's getting all the money. Like, after this, we ain't, we ain't going to hear from this dude for a minute. It might be another five-year break for him after this one. Yeah. And, and shout out to uh, October 15th in Copenhagen, if you know, you know. But um, I'm definitely trying to go to the, uh, the show in Vegas, but they be shooting out there, so I'm at the, I'm at the sea. But anywho, that's all I got. Definitely, again, download, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, maybe going to work on some merch here soon uh, for the, the loyal people that are in the chat. So we appreciate you guys' supports. Definitely share with your people, um, and we appreciate it. And uh, Can I ask you a question? Have you been watching Atlanta, either one of y'all? I haven't. I missed, I missed one episode, and I haven't caught back I, up. I, haven't, I didn't watch, last, I didn't watch uh, this past Thursday's episode, but I'm, I'm, I, I think it's really good. I think it's been a good season so far. It's not oh, – go ahead. I don't want to hear about it. The only thing I will say is that, like, Donald Glover made a really big stink asking himself how he felt about black women. And I still am struggling. And I'm not saying this to be funny at all. I just, I'm still struggling to find 
the answer to whether or not he has a problem with us or not. I, I watch Atlanta a lot and I just see black women get put in these like, it seems like he has a complicated relationship with blackness in general, but black women, like the lady with the reparations, the, just loud and ignorant. And then it was uh, this last episode, which I won't spoil, but like the, the black ladies was in the most weird position. He had the Kevin Samuels episode where you he was like, what is a nigga? It do, do we all know? who uh erica badu told her man to call on the song like i he just seems to have like a and i i assume he's trying to make us think about like what is what is blackness like we're not a monolith what are we i'm i see that but i still question why he got a problem with black women he's one of the new blacks yeah uh, trademark so that i i remember the last like two seasons of Atlanta with you know no issues. I was like, oh, this show's cool, whatever. I like it. I'm a fan. All this, whatever. And then I, I kind of, uh, I think I read an article about it, and they were saying like, uh, it was a it was a black woman who was a fan of the show, but she was just like, I just she just didn't like the way that black women were written on the show. And for me, it was a blind spot because I'm not a black woman, so it's like I'm just gonna watch the show and I don't really dig too deep as far as like how they're being portrayed sometimes so i went into this season with that kind of in mind being like all right let's see how let's see what they do here and it wasn't it was the first episode with the with the uh it was playing off of the the boy that got adopted by the two white lesbians his mom like and that that was like one of the first few scenes i was like i was like oh is this what we're doing this season like is this like did he not figure it out like is this what we're going to be doing this season and then even with uh um van vanessa like why are you here like she has nothing to do she's just there like and maybe she did something this last episode but these the, this whole season she's just been like man eh, i'm just floating through europe just whatever my kids at home my parents are watching her whatever just eh. and it's kind of like and that's kind of where I, I fall, like with the, and not saying Kendrick is doing the same thing, but that's why I want people when they're writing from these certain perspectives to have those voices in that room. Because I feel like if you have a black woman in that writer's room and they're like, hey, what do we do a van? And he's just like, ah, that, whatever. Like, she's, maybe she'll, maybe it's going to come together at the end of the season, but she's done. I'll tell nothing. you right now, it do not. It do not. That, I got to the end of the season and was like, poor Zazie Beats. For every last woman that had to be on this, because it's a, a really woman-led episode, and I'm thinking like, okay, okay, we're about to get something. And I watched that entire, I don't know, forty minutes, and was just really, and I, I was really underwhelmed. And I want to like Donald Glover. I really do want to like him. And I, I considered myself, still consider myself a fan of Childish Gambino, the, the artist. But even early Childish Gambino had a real weird obsession with like. How does he fit into blackness? Oh, black girls didn't want me. I'm a fetishized Asian woman. And then he gets on TV. And then like, every time you see a woman on the show, she's doing some like absolutely bonkers stuff. And I don't, I'm trying not to like, I'm trying to get into a space where I don't automatically say I don't like something just because it doesn't appeal to me. And I just, I truly want to understand like, what, what is the reason behind some of these choices? Okay, well, I'm not in that space, and I'm gonna say I didn't like the way that uh, that boy's mama was portrayed. I was like, nah, this ain't it, dog. 
this ain't it. Like this is so unnecessary. Why does she have to be so cruel? That didn't seem needed. Unnecessarily, like unnecessarily. Like let's like I get that there's some women that are like that, but we don't have to like put that out there because you know your show's popular. We don't have to make her the worst mother on the planet. You know what I'm saying? Like that shows, and it's like even at the end of the episode, I and, unless I'm remembering wrong, but there wasn't even when the boy came back, spoiler alert, uh there was never like that moment of like softness or like, Hey, I'm glad you're home. I missed you. I love you. None of that. It was just that same coldness. And it's just like, I mean, if that's the kind of vibe you're trying to put out there, like, and maybe that's the theme for the show, but like, I just, I didn't like it. And even this season, like, I feel like, um, like Paperboy has had his episode where he's had his moment. Um, Zazie Beats character had a little bit of an episode with. Are we spoiling? Like, I can't spoil. I, this I, show. I don't watch the show, so. Uh, it's like a Tupac episode. Like, she kind of had a moment there, but that was because Childish Gambino was there. That was their story. She hasn't really had an individual story. And when you look at the promotion for this show, it's Darius, uh, Donald Glover's character, Paperboy and Van. They're all on, all four of their faces are on the promotion equally. So it's like, all four of these people should be viewed on the same level. And watching the season, I don't I don't get that from them. I don't feel like it's the same thing. I feel like she's a lesser, she's a lesser character on the show. She's barely in this season. It's annoying. I just, Jimmy like, Butler, I just feel like he... Nobody is challenging these decisions. Nobody is like challenging him to like really give any of this a thought. And I just kind of wish uh, that he would. And I don't. Again, I would love to understand if I had the opportunity to sit down and ask him. I would. I don't think he would answer me personally, but I'd love to understand like why these choices. Because if you, even just the series and like every everybody except Van, all the women except Van, when they've had a moment, and it's been incredibly like stereotypical they've been dark-skinned black women so like another layer of like why are you doing this <laughs> what is the reason behind this yeah i don't get it it's it's i guess it's one of those things where i feel like we can we got to expect a little bit better from um our creatives and our artists and it's just like you you gotta let more and it's not about just letting people in the room it's it's about Letting letting them have the uh, the confidence and the ability to speak up and say something, where it's just like, yeah, you know, uh, you you just can't have a token in there, where it's just like, oh well, they're here, but you know, whatever they say, they're just gonna repeat the same things we say because they want to be here, and that's the only reason we pick them is because they agree with us, and not because they're gonna challenge our opinions and all that stuff. And that's that's honestly what I look for when it comes to uh, like music or movies or anything like, and, and especially with like discussions about it. Like uh, you can, you can tell from the chat, like I'm always going to like ask another question, ask another question. I'm not, like, sometimes I just won't let it go, but it's like, I need that kind of back and forth to kind of understand where some people are coming from and to kind of maybe, maybe my perspective, obviously my perspective isn't the only one, but for me to kind of understand someone else's perspective, I, I have to go through this like super like in-depth, like, okay, I'm going to keep asking more questions, keep asking another question. It's just like, I can see how annoying that could be for somebody. 
I just, I, I don't know. I just, I be having questions for, for black people with like white partners and like people who like have these like staunch views of like blackness and like our place in the world and how we can help each other in society. And I just wonder how, how you go from like somebody like Kendrick, I don't want to pick on Kendrick, but like, and I guess this just goes back to like the humanity and the full scope of people. Um, but like how you can have such like pro-black views and like, I want black people to win, blase, blase, blase. I want us to have equity and I want us to have ownership. And then you go home to somebody who is the complete antithesis of all of what you just said. Like, I don't get it. I, it doesn't make sense to me. And I'm not saying you can't love who you love. Who cares how I feel about you or your partner? I just wonder how you go from that and then you go home to that. Like, I don't, that's two different completely ends of the spectrum. Like, and sometimes it makes me take a lot of what people say, like, with a grain of salt. I, I do believe that you can be pro-black and have a white partner, but I, like, it's in my mind, but I have a hard time conceptualizing it. How you can say, oh, I'm pro-black women, we need black black women in leadership, blase, 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 and then you shut the mic off and you go home to your white wife and your half-white kids, and does all of that go away when you get home? Like, I don't get how you, like, how do you have those conversations at home? I, I don't understand it. Uh, Nicki Minaj spoke on that when she got interviewed by Joe Budden, where she was saying that uh, either like her and Kanye West have her and Kanye West were having a conversation about like some fashion thing or some clothing line, and they were just like, "Yeah, this was this is a dope idea," and Kanye was like, "Yeah, it's a dope idea, but I I can't give this to you. I have to give this to my wife." And it's just kind of like, "Are you uh, an ally or not?" kind of thing because it's like at the time because obviously he was married to Kim Kardashian, it's just like you know, Kim K's going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't need you to hand her something like this. And at the time, I didn't think Nicki Minaj needed things handed to her. I thought like, oh, Nicki Minaj says something, she gets it, she goes into a room, she's respected, all these things. But the more I, and I don't know if, if people uh, listening have watched that interview, but that's actually a pretty insightful interview from Nicki Minaj where she was saying like, she was going into some of these rooms, some of these fashion rooms, some of these magazines, uh, rooms and she wasn't getting the same things that you would think that she would get like she's not getting the acknowledgement and the respect as far as like what she brings to their brand they're looking at her as like okay what can we do for you miss minaj like she's not a big deal like she's not one of the bigger stars out there that she raps about your product your sales go through the roof they didn't look at her like that but they look at other artists who are who are white and they kind of cater to what they want and cater to their needs, but not to her. And I thought that was, I thought it was interesting, but I was like, how is that possible? Like, how do you not know what, and, and how do you not know one, the influence and power of Nicki Minaj, but also the power and influence and the, like the rabid fanhood that she has with her. Like, how do you not know this? That's easy money right there. Like Nicki Minaj says, hey, go out and buy this. I don't know how they do it, but them barbers go out there and buy it. They get their allowance money, they get their tooth fairy money, and when they get out of high, get out of middle school, they're going out and buying whatever Nikki tells them to buy. And I respect that because they go out there and spend money for it. And the fact that a lot of these brands and companies don't realize that, so it's it's a bad look. And that's why I you mean, gotta have people in the rooms that know these things. I was talking to my friend about this uh, Thursday, 
um, it was after what I had brought into the group chat, which we don't have to talk about on here. But one thing that me and my friend had got into surrounding that topic was um, how a lot of brands and a lot of public facing like entities, whether it just be an actor or a songwriter, et cetera, et cetera. It's become like really commonplace to pander to black women because it's very obvious that black women have like a financial stake and like a cultural stake and like what makes something go. So I look at somebody like Chris Evans, who is attractive and you know, the girl had Photoshopped like the acrylics and the bonnet on him or whatever. He takes a picture with Shorty. Like, you know, he said like, oh, I think black women are beautiful. And like, now he's like a black woman's like sex symbol. But like, I just, you'll find a lot of people especially more recently who pandered to black women who know the power of the black woman's dollar um, within like the black ecosystem. And they'll say a lot of stuff to us to like get us to support, get us to buy in. Um, but they don't ever be living that support. Like it, you'll find a lot of actors and, and, and artists that'll, that'll be like, Oh, I love black women. You know, I like my brown skin sisters. And then you just be like, do you? Cause I don't ever see you with one. Like you don't ever put any in positions of power. I don't, I don't be seeing you at the marches where you be at, except other than your songs. Yeah, it's like where 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 are they? Are they in these same rooms? Are they? Do they have a place to speak up at on your like? Are you are you giving them a space on your platform to say what they need to say? Because like I, they're usually when a, an incident happens involving uh, black women. It's, you know, you go online to kind of find, okay, what's the conversation centered around this? Who's talking about this? And it's usually a bunch of dudes talking about it. It's like, okay, I, I'm not saying I can't hear these the perspective from these guys, but, you know, where are the women at that can actually speak to this? Or if you're, say, the Joe Budden podcast, are you going to bring uh, a Black woman on your on your podcast to speak about these things? Like, I know I know what we've done on, on our podcast is like, if there's something affecting uh, a community that's not, you know, ours, we usually try to bring in someone that can speak to it. Cause I can do all the research in the world. I can read every book. I can listen to every podcast. I can, you know, memorize every Beyonce album in the world, but that's not going to make me understand the black woman experience more than an actual black woman. So that's why we try to have you on here. We try to have triples on here. Uh, we're trying to have some other guy, uh, some other women on here, but that's maybe that'll come later. But you, you get the point. Like we're not just gonna sit here and uh, us two or three guys just talk about. Oh well, look, no one can talk about the black female experience better than I can. And I kind of feel like that's what Donald Glover is doing with Atlanta, where it's just like he know he and maybe he's speaking from his own perspective. Maybe for him as a kid. Every black woman he met was a bitch to him. Maybe that's his experience. I don't know. It just doesn't look good when you portray black women that way as a black man. I I would prefer him to not do that. Like not even a little bit. Like you can't give him a little bit. I just at the end of the day, I just want niggas to stop lying to me and stop saying, "Oh, I'm all for black love. I need the black family structure intact." Uh, shout out to black women. And then when I see you in Whole Foods. That girl is not black. She look like bad baby. Stop playing with me. Like if if that's what you want, then that's what you are. I can't do nothing about that. But you, it can't be this way in public or in my face when you're trying to get something from me. 
and in another way when I see you in your like your truest habitat. They they know everybody knows the influence that black women have on at least culture, uh, language, slang, uh, hair, fashion. Like if you want to know where fashion is going to be at in five years, just look at what a young black woman is wearing right now. Because whatever she's wearing, it's cool for for black women right now. But five years from now, it's going to be on the cover of Vogue. Or it's going to be, they're going to be walking the Paris Fashion Week with that style and not giving them credit for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing that, because they they know. They know where to look. Like, when you want to, when you want to sound a certain way, you want to sound a certain way, you want to look a certain way, you want to talk a certain way, they know who they're trying to be. They're emulating black women, and that's all it is. And it's just like it's so blatant when you see it, and it's just like, so we're just not going to give them any credit. We're not going to credit. You're not going instead of in, you're going to put Jennifer Lopez up here, and not another black woman that actually is the style that she's emulating. Like that's what we're going to put Cardi B up here instead. We're going to lift up Megan Fox or whoever. Like, like come on, man. Like. <laughs> I also want to point out that, like, Black women don't get that same leash either. Like, you know, a Black woman, you Jody Turner-Smith, she got a white husband. She's a bad wench. Tamara Mowry, she got a white husband. And I ain't going to lie, her her white husband are strange. I was about to say, I think that's kind of weird. She she, she a bad wench. But, you know, you can't. Black women don't get the same uh, leash to be like, oh, I'm all about Black empowerment, but my partner is a non-Black person. Like, we don't get that leash. A, a white, a black woman pop up with a white man, and she all the names in the book. But you know, it's more than a few rappers with 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 white and other non-black women on their arm that speak a lot of black empowerment on the track. But like, they not at all a part of that. And so, I don't know. I just let's if if it's gonna be that, then let it be that, and then extend it across the board. You can't pick and choose. 